If there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the ra- realities that unify us are already there. Christ praying for unity. What should we be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys in uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, here with your other co-host, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Hello. Yeah, uh, today we have some return guests that we're extremely excited about. Our good friends from the Pastors of a Dying Church podcast, uh, Dolores Matthews and Marie Proctor. Uh, Dolores is Sam. Marie is Ruth. If y'all listen to the show, that's how you get it through. And uh, if we refer to them as either of them, that's also their names. Yeah. So TJ has Tiberius. Dolores has Ruth. Ruth. Marie has Sam. And Josh is Josh. Mm-hmm. Well, hello, I'm Josh. Just not smart enough to have two names. I, I would get confused. Um, <laughs> today, we're just here to kind of catch up with these guys, see what they're doing, and kind of get their take on some of the other stuff we've been talking about recently on our show. So should be exciting stuff. But before we do, we want to review some of what our audience has been up to, as well as make an announcement if TJ allows me to. Um, just, just as a quick review, uh, first, I want to let everybody know that on our mundane Monday, uh, after you know, adding all the scores together over Instagram and Facebook, uh, it, it turned out that given the choice to watch grass or grow or to watch paint dry, uh, seven people would ri- rather watch paint dry than six people who said they would rather watch grass grow. So it was a close call, but more people would rather watch paint dry, it turns out. Um, I am not, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather watch grass grow. It is faster. Yeah, but grass I get to be more outside for, I feel like. <laughs> I could go anywhere. Uh, anyway, so uh, that being said, we also wanted to review a uh, review we got on Apple Podcast by Jake 57 Said it was a great and interesting show, uh, a fun shoe that asks some fascinating questions. Great to hear the diverse thoughts of others. So, that, you know, that was just a nice thing someone said. And then the announcement that, I hope TJ lets me make, he's not stopping me, so I'll make it, is that uh, we are going to be switching hosting sites, which really all that means for our listeners is there is a chance that you will no longer be subscribed. You might notice the RSS feed will change, which just means just keep checking back. Uh, Every Tuesday we do a new episode, so if you don't get that little notification on your phone, just check, make sure you're subscribed. If you're not, please subscribe again. That's pretty much the only reason we bring it up. Uh, We'd like everybody to be able to still get updates when we get our show out. So mm-hmm. just be looking for that change to happen soon. Uh, that being said, we're going to move on to today's silly question, which uh, Sam, Ruth, uh, both of us will answer it first, give you guys some time to think about it. If you had to rough it outdoors for a month with any one animated character, who would you want to get stuck with? TJ, would you like to go first? No. All right. I, I'm going to go first. Um, animated characters, I, I feel like that can include anime characters, right? Um, yeah. 
I'm going to go with the chopper from one piece because, you know, he's pretty suited to take on anything that might try to attack us. And also, I think me and him would just have a good time. He's a funny guy or reindeer, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I was really hoping that there was a MacGyver cartoon. <laughs> oh, that. yeah. Uh, so the answer I'm going to go with. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> uh, Superman. Oh, that, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Superman cartoons. I feel like I probably won't have any problems with Superman. All right. So that's that. All right. So um, Sam Ruth, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, definitely Winnie the Pooh. Like, Ooh, you know, nice. right. Winnie is just, Pooh is just so experienced with the um, woods. And so I think I'd be in good, in good care. So yeah, I'm going with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, and you can tell that we are a little um, older than you guys because her character would be Winnie the Pooh and mine would be Papa. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Those goes really way back. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Papa could really um, bug it out wherever he's at. I mean, to be fair, One Piece started in 1992. That's true. But would Popeye, how many cans of spinach can you find roughing it? Mm, that's, right? I mean, he yeah. probably he probably packed some. True that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last time we had you both on the show was May 2019. And that was right at the start of y'all's podcast and really close to our, the start of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, we were each other's. I want to say four, sibling. Oh well, yeah. But 14, <laughs> uh, 14, you are our 14th episode and we were your second, second or third second. Right. Uh, so what can you tell us about what God has been up to with you both since then? God, that's a lot of time. Yeah. yeah it has been a, long time. It's been a year. Uh, we actually went through, we actually went through one season and um, at the end of that season, it started slowing down a lot um, just with, um, a lot of responsibilities and stuff. And we've just picked up the second season. And instead of trying to do a weekly podcast, we've, you know, spanned it out to do every other week, which is kind of our pace right now. Um, but yeah, what's happened, we we went through um, just pastors of a dying church of pretty much what in the church needs to die. Um, so the church doesn't die because we know the church will never die. Um, in season two, we picked up the inward journey because we just felt a shift of, um, not just the church, but ourselves, you know, necessary um, to take an inward journey and, and how that could be also relevant for the church. Yeah, we, we as we kind of unpacked some things and, and thought about what did we really cover? And we color, covered more of a um, community mindset when it came to the church and how to respond to just people in general and, and what we have observed that the church um maybe could um, have some more insight on. And and then we thought, okay, well, if our focus was outwardly, um, we'll never accomplish much if there isn't a, a transformation inwardly. And so, um, which has led us to what we are currently doing with um, spiritual direction. We entered into a program that's going to take uh, 15 months and we're actually at our opening residency this week uh, to where we carved out some time for you guys because we love y'all so much and love uh, the mission that y'all have and uh, want to be part of it. So that's currently where we're at. 
Thanks. Y'all are too sweet. <laughs> I'm blushing. No one can see that. But, you know. <laughs> so uh, other than, you know, the progression of the seasons, uh, has there been any other way that y'all show has progressed or developed since then? You know, I don't think that there's anything in concrete right now, but we know that uh, the direction that God has taken us, not only with the podcast, but just with us as leaders and where we see um, the the aid for the church, uh, especially with spiritual direction, we can see the group that... Um, we are sharing life with through pastors of a dying church somehow being involved with, with this current season as well. So, yeah. And, and Josh too, and TJ, we were thinking about, um, you know, what this podcast is for us. And so if we were to say how many listeners or you know, any of those stats, honestly, we have no clue. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really know um, any of those things, but what it, what we think about when we think about this um, podcast is the opportunity to share our recordings with um, like our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and whatever that looks like. Like they will have a record of Sam and Ruth in our friendship and the journey that we took together, which, you know, it's pretty monumental when you think of, it, uh, of that, of like the journey of ourselves because we, we can't expect or encourage other people in their, their journeys until, you know, their first really cultivating that, you know, in in our lives as well. So it's kind of almost like practice what you preach, but we're not trying to preach a message. We're just trying to practice the presence of God in all our relationships. And and I think on that too, it, it has taken us a while to kind of unpack, like, where do we want to go with this? And so for us, like, we have some guests and that's not that we don't want to hear a different opinion or those kind of things. But we feel like for us, pastors of a dying church, there are so many people who have um, listened to everything that we've done wrong or what we should be doing differently. And just the debate of it all that we wanted our platform or what we're doing to be that voice of what people don't usually get to hear, but have always been curious about. And we're okay with that. We're not going to necessarily apologize that. And I know it sounds crazy because we are (laughs) now, um, you know, investing in the other and hearing the other. And so it's not necessarily that, but we do want to be a voice and a place where people don't have to hear all the arguments. They don't have to hear the debates. They don't have to hear. There's a time and a season, a place for that. And there are other podcasts for that. But for us, we just wanted to make sense to some of the things that people are talking about. Um, when it pertains to the church. And I think we came to a, a finalization of that and just being comfortable with that conviction. Okay. Uh, so our podcasts have sort of a similar format, uh, but, you know, kind of switched. We are mostly guests and yeah. you guys are mostly each other. I'm pretty sure uh, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, who are some of your favorite guests on your show so far? You guys. Other than us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys. That, that was great. <laughs> were our first guest. So we are definitely fond of you guys. Like, you know, we've, we've you know, shared life and not just podcast life, but church life, camp life, uh, that kind of stuff. And so we totally, you know, love you guys too. When, when we think about um, different uh, people that we've been struck by that we probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to just um, 
grab their ear or have a conversation with them. Uh, Marty Solomon was one of our guests. And he is uh, the president of Bema Discipleships. That's B-E-M-A Discipleship. And just his uh, approach to the Bible and the Word of God is by far uh, one of um, the most insightful um, people that that brings about, um, I say proper context, that can be debated, I'm sure, but it definitely brings about an image of God that is part of our story and to trust him to continue our story without it being um, uh, very, what would I say? Um, Oh, what what is that? Legal legalistic, I guess. It's more of an invitation to um, the journey with God rather than a have to or a must or uh, anything like that. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know um, I, I know some some of his stuff can be uh, kind of controversial for people, but um, definitely worth checking out your episode. I, I've heard a couple other shows he's been on. Episode um, twelve. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the one that he's on with theirs. Yes. How do you know? That? <laughs> I looked it up. That's good, TJ. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, which we might we might talk some about that later too. He a lot of his stuff uh, has to do with the book of Genesis. Which it's interesting right. stuff. But uh, so what has been I don't know the most impactful lesson you guys have learned from your show so far? I know that's kind of a hard question, but if you'd rather just pull away one thing that you learned that you'd like to share with everybody to get along. <laughs> with each other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to get along I mean in all fairness if we go back and listen to some of the podcasts I'm just like oh yeah well what was going on that day and um, and even today we started recording the podcast and then we, we realized after we listened to it like okay this is trash and um, so we kind of unpacked like well what was happening and i'm like it well, it all started from the beginning and so yeah we're like anybody else any other friendship uh well friendships that are striving to um really give space to the other person to be known and to know doesn't always it's not always comfortable and so yeah i think for us it's just that whole um surrender when you say like i think that's the beauty for for us this has also just been um the opportunity to, I guess, respect someone else too. So, yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. There was, um, I can recall like certain episodes we'll go back to and listen. And I'm just in my head, I'm like, yeah, I was pretty ticked off at her that day, <laughs> but we oh. were still, we were still obligated to recording and we were re- going to record whether we were in the headspace or not. And that has, that's been challenging because to go, to go back and listen, it just makes me laugh that we still showed up, you know, rather regardless of the feelings that we had toward each other in that moment. And so even during um, our we didn't really cover Advent in the podcast this this year, but last year we did. And there's one uh, there's one episode during that time that I can I can listen to and I can hear the tension in our voice. Now, other people probably could not. Y'all probably going to go back and listen to see which one was that. (laughs) But I can just I can hear and I can hear the tension, you know, between us um, all because, you know, it it trickled over from, you know, another time or whatever. So, yeah, just being on the same page and 
and still showing up no matter what, but yet resolving whatever prior to recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, you just look like you had something to say. <laughs> so what is um? Yeah, not seeing Josh's face has helped me with that a lot. <laughs> oh, man. So what have been some of your, and I know it's it's been a crazy, I guess it's almost been a whole year of this pandemic now, kind of switching gears as far as topics. But um, you both pastor your own churches. I know Marie or uh, Sam co-pastors with another pastor here in uh, Lancaster. I'm, try- I'm trying to say it the correct Southern way. I, I-, I don't know how to do Lancaster. that. Yeah, so Lancaster. Lancaster. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dolores pastors a church. I know it's outside of Columbia, but I can never remember. Is it it's like Blythe or something? Blackwood. Blackwood. I got the BL right. Blythewood. Blythewood. I got the whole Blythe right. I just yeah, missed yeah. the other word. Cool. Yeah, the wood, man. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so um, yeah. So you both pastor different churches. What have been some of the biggest challenges leading a church through a pandemic? Uh, that's a, a very good question, Josh. And I guess every pastor would be able to um, answer this in a different way. I guess. I guess for me it is not being able to really greet the people as they come in and come out because typically I would just, you know, wrap my arms around their neck, not, not visitors. Some visitors are scared by that, but I'd still, (laughs) you know, be approachable. But with our people, um, it was definitely an embrace, um, a hug, you know, those kind of things that, that was pretty challenging for us. And even as we gathered back at church, uh, it was hard for our people to not embrace because, um, you know, we try to keep our distance and just try to keep it clean. We don't want to, you know, swap germs and, and all of that. Cause you know, anybody's, you, you can pick it up anywhere. And we've just kind of been on the fritz that way. Um, and at first I guess it was trying to record without a congregation, but you know, doing podcasts and stuff, it's not, it, it's, it is a little different. Um, but I think my approach has always been, even if, you know, one-on-one doesn't, bother me so even if in a congregation there's one person that shows up that that's kind of awkward to preach a sermon without a response kind of like that and so it would it would be um just figuring that out as far as when the people comes back and the, the transition of what to do next if someone's sick and been in the church do we make the decision to close it down do we keep going how many days were they in the church did they have symptoms i mean i'm all over the place but I mean, everything just kind of hits you. And I don't think I can peg down one in particular thing. It, it, right. It's just really as the, the weeks go by, you know, what's the new thing that we're looking at with COVID? Well, I was yeah. going to say something very similar to her. Like, it all sucks so bad. Like, really <laughs> bad. Um, and it's not like, you know, this is you're talking about the right to, to worship. And um, so it's not like the store be selling Cokes or whatever. I mean, we're talking about worship and someone's um, religious preference and assembling ourselves together. So it's a really big deal. So I think to sum it up to one thing, it would be the expectation on us. Like, what are we expected to do? Because there's not a rule book. There's no guides. There's there's nothing with this kind of thing. And what works over there in Lancaster may not necessarily have to happen over in Blythewood just because of our building or the seeds or whatever. I mean, everything just changes. Um, 
the outcome just for the building or the people yeah. or children's Big. church or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but if we had to just have one response, it would be the expectation we, I guess, put on ourselves of, of how to maneuver during this season. Yeah. You know, I, I know this is a little bit more specific. I don't know if you guys have an answer for this, but one thing that I've been curious about as far as the struggle is how do you balance the biblical ideas of we need to congregate, you know, don't forsake the fellowship of believers, but also there's a biblical pr- principle of being above reproach. And, you know, on the one hand, you know, we all gather together and well, all of a sudden, what does the outside world see in that, you know? And on the other hand, if we forsake fellowship, that's sort of a biblical command, right? Like, how do you balance those two ideas? I'm so glad you asked. I think that's kind of where we were at before COVID of this, this understanding of, so how can we still be together and not be together? Now we learn the, the, the inability to come in one building at one time, but so then we had to get creative. Does that mean now that people have to be more, personal with a phone call or a text message. I know that's not the same, and we can say that's not the same, but I've seen people be in the same room and still be lonely. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for us, we've already looked at the church a lot differently beyond, is it really worship just because we come and lift our hands? Or is this a, an active daily living thing? And can we do this independent of the building and the pastor? And so we almost feel like, well, not almost, but we, we feel like God has given the church a gift even in this that kind of allows us to, to see where, where our faith really lies. Not that those things are biblical, um, but what does that mean really to be able to assemble? And can we, I mean, obviously we are in different locations today and we're still in this space. Um, and I'm not, I don't think it's unimportant as if, it was when we were at our house recording. It still was important to us. We still made time for it. I still feel the intimacy and the connection with you guys. And so that was already something we were looking towards, wouldn't you say? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Awesome. And it's, um, I don't know, it, it's different levels, but it is still important. You know, especially being so isolated, hearing y'all's voices honestly makes me feel better than usual, you know, because I uh, hear yeah. so few other voices. It's like, ah, <laughs> Someone I recognize that isn't someone I live with. It's great. But also, you know, there, there's something about, you know, last time we recorded, we had pizza and we're able to like fellowship in person. Right. And that, that's special too. Mm-hmm. But both things are special. Just, I feel like in different ways. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had a gift for y'all. Yeah. We did. <laughs> okay, we get y'all present. <laughs> Very cool. So Josh, I don't think it's either or. I think it's and. Yeah. yeah. I think it's both yeah. too. And I was going to say too that, you know, the, the church and, and you've, we've heard a lot of people say this, that the church is not defined by the four walls or the building like we are the church. And so if, you know, are we to assemble ourselves with only Christians? Well, I, I, I don't think that's that's the mindset there. I don't think that's the concept of church. I think that we go and be um be the church out of the context of our relationship with God. I mean, the assembling together encourages us to go um, out, but the ch- we, we are the church. So whatever circle we, we find ourselves in, you know, that, that right there is, is, you know, the church. We're just, we're taking ourselves, the living church um, 
out where typically we wouldn't be encouraged. I mean, we would be encouraged to do that, but we really wouldn't um, think through it that way. We just think, let's go to church. And what does that consist of Sunday morning or Wednesday night or Bible study? But what does how creative and the freedom to be creative with the thought of ourselves being the church and being able to partner with other people outside of the building is pretty incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Which uh, for our listeners, uh, we're actually going to be talking more about who is the church, who should be included and in all of that next week. So tune back in next Tuesday. Right. Hey, everyone. Uh, we just wanted to take a quick break to tell you all the ways you can help us keep this show going. Uh, you know, your favorite Church Unity podcast. Yeah. So support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Every dollar counts. Subscribe to our show at your favorite podcast provider, whatever that may be. Leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media. Share this episode on your own social media. And you can subscribe to our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Especially that last one. It really keeps you guys updated on what we're doing better than pretty much anything else. Uh, let's get back to the show. Uh, yeah, so it's been a long rough year i think this year was three or four years long but um, (laughs) my first year of marriage was like the first 10 years yeah but uh you know it's still a year full of god's grace uh so you know what have been some of the biggest blessings to come out of 2020 for you guys oh man uh by far rest and an opportunity to hit the pause button and not have to go anywhere Mm-hmm. And I say that because we are on the go all the time. Like when our schedule came to a halt, it was, um, you know, Kenny was coaching. So you have no spring practice. You have no kids soccer games, um, any kind of outdoor, whatever we were having, you know, church functions, you know, all of that. It's all of a sudden, like we, we had to find ourselves and say, you know, we would find ourselves wanting to go or do or, you know, just do something. And we realized, well, we can't do that. You know, these are closed mm-hmm. off or the children. I didn't want to take my children out because, you know, we didn't know. Um, we didn't know really what COVID was. Nobody knew what COVID was. There was no answers. There was no mm-hmm. we didn't even know how you got it, you know, how detrimental it was. All we were hearing was new stuff. And so I think the biggest blessing was that our family really got to um, pause during this time. Uh, for us, it's been a joy. Kenny has always wanted to work on cars. And so he's never worked on cars in his life. And, and he bought a car, he bought, um, you know, one that needed to be worked on to get up and running. And he bought one and he's been working on it. And so he does all our car repairs. And he went from knowing nothing about cars to now, you know, changing all kind of gaskets, tires, um, fuel systems. It's just amazing. So a lot has come out for our family during this time. Um, but we've had to learn how to um, pause together instead of just in between all the activities. Praise mm-hmm. God. Yeah, I actually got to talk to Kenny about all that just last week. He, he came by my oh. work and it was pretty Oh, cool. yeah, that's right. He told yeah. me that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was pretty cool. That's cool. I could have learned so much in the past 10 months. And instead, I didn't. But man, I had the opportunity. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, mine would have to be uh, Emery. She was born April 20th and um, my first grandbaby. And so, yeah, I I don't look upon 2020 as being terrible. 
Right. Yeah, I got I got married that year, so yeah. For all of us, right. it seems like it's been pretty good. I got like yeah. six hockey jerseys. Yeah, TJ got to see me a lot, so he's pretty happy. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. less. Yeah, probably so. But uh, but anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> recently on our show, we've started a series that we've just been calling the series because we didn't name it until right now. Uh, I actually had the name for the last time we recorded, but I forgot what it was. So we didn't mention it. Mm. Uh, we're calling the series our dividing scriptures series uh, because, you know, rightly dividing the scripture. And also because we're talking about scriptures that have historically been argued about in the church or currently are being argued about and how we can have unity despite some of these arguments. So we kind of wanted to get your take on some of what we've been talking about so far. We've made it through Genesis 11, which is so much. We probably will revisit a lot of that at some point in the far, far future after we go through the entire Bible and more. But uh, we wanted to kind of just see some of y'all's opinions on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, so the first question we wanted to ask about, you know, Genesis 1 through 11 uh, was, do you believe that the literal translation of Genesis 1 through 11 is necessary for salvation? Right. So salvation. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think. Yeah, I'm sure people I know people discuss it. I've, I've heard, you know, a variety of takes. Um, I, I don't necessarily um, feel that salvation hinges on that. Um, that leads me into, you know, uh, salvation in general, you know, and, and, you know, where that is, you know, in the context of scriptures and and all that. But, yeah, I think that. Um, uh, some things aren't uh, literal, doesn't need a literal translation, you know, necessary for, for salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, um, I'd like to hear Sam's take on this too, but uh, I think a lot of people that would argue that it is necessary would point to Adam's sin and how that's inherited and kind of some of the Roman stuff that goes with that. Um, do you think it's necessary to believe and, and I'll let uh, I'll let Marie answer this time. Do you think it's necessary to believe in a literal Adam so that we see sin traced down for a literal Jesus to redeem that? Well, I think if we're going to take it back to to Adam and in that um, and and that be your question, then I think we would have to start with Adam. And do we start with original blessing or original, you know, the the curse of Adam? And so if we're going to talk about Adam, then why don't we talk about the original blessing? And as far as creation, um, in terms of salvation, is it needed for us to believe? Um, I, I think when we look at creation, it tells a far greater story that doesn't really get us caught up on the timeline or did this happen exactly this way? Because creation is still telling a story about the rhythms and cycles and routines that, you know, God operates in that just helps us to be fully aware of his presence and how creator is um, in everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And honestly, I have a question mark um, over that literal translation because I, I honestly don't know where I land, but to say, is it necessary for salvation? Um, I, I, I I don't think that it would be, you know, necessary in that sense. Yeah. Right. So uh, the next thing is, do you believe that drinking is a sin? 
not, you know, getting drunk, just drinking alcohol. Oh, alcohol. I was going to say drinking what? I'm, I drink water all the time. So I sure hope not. <laughs> We've had that joke so you. many times on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a question <laughs> it's not a joke just um, drinking alcohol in general well, well I guess you would have to ask the um, uh, another question to be able to fully um, serve you all well with the response um, why to need why is the need to know is drinking a sin um, well it came up on our show once we covered uh, Noah's drunkenness and how Noah didn't seem to be condemned yet his sons were and how that kind of, you know, got into a lot of the other debates around drinking. Um, you know, a lot of people currently in the t- church today still argue, you know, some people, e- e- even a guy on our uh, whole church think tank even says that uh, drinking alcoholic wine is necessary to communion. And then some people say drinking at all is just, a sin because you know certain bible passages talk about alcohol in a negative way basically so so the the need to know that would be for what purpose unity yeah the, the ability to <laughs> yeah if we could say it is or is not a sin we settle the argument everyone's united right <laughs> no and, and and i love it because when i think about you know is drinking a sin i just think about what would be the ecumenical approach to this this question um your church is whole church podcast which is you know really goes along the lines of the ecumenical the guests that you have and the different variety of people like there's no ends that y'all don't go through to cover someone who we would think in our pentecostal circle isn't even Christian. And so I I love the fact that you guys are really trying to ask questions um, that would bring more of a whole church, um, more of an ecumenical approach. And so, yeah, I mean, and and for us, I don't I don't really even think that we have such a a right, wrong answer as much as we have like um, an approach of, you know, sure, are there consequences of, of getting drunk and you know, those kind of things. I was recently with some family and, and I told them, I said, um, like we went in the grocery store and, uh, somebody looked at me and said, uh, do you, do you mind if I get, um, your dad a case of beer? And I was like, no, go ahead. And so they got beer and we were going on and, and I said, you know, I don't mind the drinking alcohol. I said, but it's the people who negate their responsibility when they're under the influence of alcohol, like, um, you know, neglecting their children or driving with children or, you know, just the the craziness that comes with the drunkenness and all that. And uh, they were like, oh, OK. And so we come back around and uh, uh, <laughs> two of my family members go to the beer case and grab some more beer. Like, oh, if she's OK with it, then we're going to finish. <laughs> it did not offend me at all, but I felt like at least I was letting them know where I stand. You know, you are not going to offend me with your consumption of whatever you choose to consume. The problem comes with me is when you negate your responsibilities of, you know, just everyday living and you use it to check out rather than, you know, being present um, in the moment. And and I think um, the the question sets up in my head um, more questions like why do we need to why do we cherry pick these outward um, 
activities to determine what's right or wrong, um, black or white, and, and if we do, then why? Because are we now going to say those who do aren't pleasing God? Is is this, you know, are we trying to find the answer to that so that we can please God? And then that's a whole other thing. Now it becomes a, then what is our real theology? Is it we please God and so then we, you know, get God's acceptance? And so that's why I said, what, why, yeah, yeah. what's the need of the question? Because is this a behavior reward system that we we tend to gravitate to so don't smoke chew or drink or hang out with those who do and then we'll win god's favor and so um you know i i think that there's probably some other questions that for me that draws out yeah so we're we're more concerned with uh the reverend just to give a specific example the reverend that's on our think tank who thinks it's necessary to drink alcoholic wine for communion can we still be united with him if you you, you know what i'm saying like it, it, can we still consider him a christian because he's drinking and also can he still consider us a christian because we're not going to do that as part of communion that's not what our church does does that make sense yes and we yeah, kind of trying to peek behind the argument if we can well yeah and think about how much you're consuming in that bit of communion it's not like you're chugging a bottle of wine either uh you know the cups are only so big um, except when the at the end of communion, when the priest goes to take his, then he's got the big goblet that he can just down right there if he wants to. So you're saying we need bigger cups. <laughs> right, right. Or smaller cups. Oh, or smaller yeah. goblets, yeah. Because, Josh, I mean, we, we, we talk about that, and um, I guess to give you a direct answer, yes and yes. And um, we went and did Midnight Mass. Um, at a church last year, Christmas Eve, and after we got up from communion, we were both like, okay, that was real wine. Uh, <laughs> it was the greatest experience ever. Like, and uh, do you still love Jesus all. after that? Right. And, and, and preach and everything else. And so, um, you know, if we're going to cherry pick these things that we determine right or wrong or sin, then, then let's, let's talk about how we really do treat our bodies. If they're supposed to be unto services unto the Lord, you know, if that's our great commission to go unto all the world, like we can't even make it out the front door because, you know, our health is failing us because we're killing ourselves slowly, which is food. Nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to, you know, you see what I'm saying? And so it's yeah. like we pick some of these things that um, I, I think we're just in a season where that's not as important as it used to be. So, yeah, if y'all are getting the vibe from other people and pastors about things that are non-negotiable, like um, drinking and, and these kind of things, then, um, yeah, there's a bigger question there. I guess there would be more questions to ask, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, the obesity in America. You know, how can we curb mm-hmm. that? How can we, you know, some people overexercise, you know, some people underexercise, some people, you know, they run away their problems, you know, on their, with their tennis shoes, you know, other people mm-hmm. eat away their problems. Some people drink away their problems. So there's more, there's more on the line health wise when it comes to the question is drinking a sin. Um, you know, for heart, I would much rather drink a glass of wine than take a medicine that the wine could do because there's so much extra substance in the pills. Um, mm. and that's not even natural than with a, a cup of uh, a glass of red wine. I don't have heart problems, so you know I don't yeah. even have to answer that question. But 
you know, but still there's, you know, rock and roll. When you think about that, that's my number one um, cough syrup in my kitchen cabinet. I would much rather give my kids, uh, myself and the kids, uh, rock and roll to help ease the cough at night than um, NyQuil because of the added ingredients in NyQuil. Uh, the content in NyQuil, I think, may be even higher than the content of um, rock, wow. and rock, rock and Rock and Rock. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I still love Jesus. And I still I still love <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Over-exercising is actually a form of binging. It's uh, technically an eating uh, disorder or a symptom of it. Yeah. But that's not what we're... Uh, we're so our <laughs> next question, uh, we just wanted to get your thoughts on the story of Babel. Because that's the most recent thing we covered in uh, Dividing Scriptures. There's a lot of thoughts to be had, so. Well, um, we, we looked at that today, and, and I, I was telling Marie, I said, you know, um, it's around, what is that, verse 3 of that particular story. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks. And I, I told Marie, I said, there, therein lies the first problem for me. Uh, she's like, what? I said, technology. And she's like, what? Where in the world are you going with this? And I said, they had the capabilities of, of creating something great. They, they, they now know how to make bricks instead of like chiseling rock and stone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they have this incredible technology and these resources, and they use them for themselves. You know, they did it to make a name for themselves, to make a fortress, because to build a a place of of safety from, you know, the surrounding nations or whatever, they wanted to build a place, almost a, a lack of trust. But yet in this building could have been the first stages of empire and an imperial um, empirical system. And so I think that this was just, you know, God's first attempt to just kind of squash that thing and say, this is not the people I called you to be. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the trust is to depend on God, um, not depend on yourselves behind the bricks that, you know, I, you make and this new technology that you found. And so burying themselves in this and trying to make a, a name for themselves, when, which I feel like would be a fortress for them you know, a place to just stay and a place to just be. Just, just crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for your insight into that. Yeah. There's, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for asking. (laughs) There's a reason like the main literary archetypes of, you know, struggle are man versus man and man versus God and man versus self, you know, it's. Oh yeah. Cause man, cause man. (laughs) Yeah. It's all his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um I know we covered a ton today. We talked about what you guys have been doing on your show. We talked about the pandemic. We talked about Genesis, which there's a lot going on there. Um and, and I know we've asked you this question before, but the world's changed a lot. We've talked a lot about different things this time. If you guys had to give just one practical, tangible, tangible action for our listeners who to just step away from this podcast that they could just do, you know, something they can do. What would that one thing be? I mean, for unity specifically. Um, Be present. To be present. That's just kind of, um, so so listen to season two of, (laughs) 
of a Passover of a dying yeah. church. That's sort of what y'all <laughs> been talking about. Church, yeah. Yeah, the inward, <laughs> yeah, the inward journey. Uh, yeah, and when when we say be present, it's it's being present to to four um, different entities. It's self, being present to others, being present to nature, and being present to God. And that requires us um, to make space and time for ourselves to be um, aware of our own self. And when we're in the presence of someone else, I've, we've experienced so much um, back and forth. And, and, and me, myself, I can hear somebody talk and hear what they're saying and walk away like, well, what did they just say? And it was because my mind was everywhere else. And so being truly present in that moment and being aware of their presence um, so that you can listen well. And then nature, nature tells a beautiful story every single day. And if we would just, you know, if, if we would just let nature itself uh, return us back to the wonder and the awe of God, then there's some powerful things that could take place in our relationships when we behold one another as the beloved of God. And then of course, God is God, you know, God, uh, you know, being (laughs) present with God means being aware of God in those, in those moments. And and I would just kind of isolate what she just said by saying, and listen with your third ear, meaning the ear of your heart. I think sometimes we listen with um, our, our Bible influence and so, therefore, we, we almost have a prepared answer according to what Scripture says to what someone's telling us. And this is real life for all of us. And um, I think if we listen with the third ear um, of the heart, I, I, I just really feel like that somehow, some way, that would melt away a lot of the walls that we allow to divide us. Mm-hmm. The difference between hearing and listening. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think would happen if everyone started doing that, started being present? Just, you know, generally. Well, I think we would further, I think we would further accomplish the mission that Jesus came to do on this earth and left for us to do, um, is, uh, usher in the way of Jesus. Um, there's, uh, all kind of other religions that practice the way of Jesus. And by far, they know that it is the more, you know, not just practical, but it is the way, you know, you have Buddhists who, who look at Christians and say, you don't really practice the way of the one that you say you follow. And that's true. You look at Christians and it, it, it's sad. It's like someone's got a golden ticket to heaven because they said the sinner's prayer and, you know, they're on their way. And then other people's like checking all these boxes. And I just think that the way, the true way of Jesus of love would be ushered in even more. Biases would stop. Racism would stop. Um, capitalism would stop. Um, I know a lot of people who think, well, I'm not going to go there, but you know, all of these other isms, you know, that, that we've got, you know, problems with, I, I think that we would be able to see God and his word. And then us, we're living epistles, you know, we are the, the, the Bible wasn't, um, didn't stop being written just on words. You know, he's, he's written those in every person that he's created. And man, if we could return to the mystery of the other, Imagine the way of Jesus being ushered in. And, and, when, and when Sam says that, other, it's not like a, a puzzle to figure out because we keep doing that, too. But I think it's more like uh, Dan Miller says it's a cave to be explored. 
And, and each person is that. How beautiful is that? That if we could just really be, be present um, w- with each other, uh, you know, with the Lord, with, with ourselves, with nature, then with the other, like, what is there to learn? What is there to know? What is there to discover? Um, that's, that's pretty comforting to me. Um, and, and just brings, brings about, um, an excitement that I think, I think is still achievable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what Marie was saying, this is just kind of random, but, uh, reminded me of a book you guys should check out. I think you'd really like it. It's called Insider Jesus. It talks about a bunch of different religious groups across the world who don't call themselves Christians, but believe in the Jesus who died and rose again for their sins. And some of these groups are basically Christians and are just scared to use that word because, of what connotations it has in the areas they live in. It's, it's a fantastic book. Everybody should check it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's called insider. Yeah. Jesus. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. So I think I've heard of that. So you guys have been on the show before. I'm pretty sure we were still doing this back then, but uh, the last thing we like to do before we get into our outro is our God moment segment where we just talk about something God has done for us recently, whether it's a challenge or a chance to worship or a blessing or any of those things. And I always like to make Josh go first. So the rest of us have plenty of time. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Um, naturally, there's so many things I could pick from this last literally two days. That's the last time we recorded. But um, man, God's just so busy in my life. Oh, I love God. But I think what I'm have to go with is um, one of my cousins or perhaps second cousin. I really don't know how all that works, but. She's had coronavirus for a little while now, and today she's at where the machine's giving her 100% of her oxygen, and um, she's oh, not wow. very well off. Our cousin's been texting us, and uh, you know it's, it's a God moment because it, it challenges me to pray better, to pray more for her and that, our, that part of our family, and um, I haven't heard from that side of the family much in the last few years. And uh, this year we've heard a lot more from them, not just because of that. Uh, they also had another member of their family pass from Corona and um, was a little bit older. And, and it's just, um, I don't know. It, it's challenging in the, I need to pray, but it's also a reminder of, Hey, there's family out there that I can be closer to. I was once closer to, you know, uh, I don't know. God's dealing with me about all of that in his own way. So, yeah. So, uh, DJ, what about you? Look, I hate to say it, but I have to say it. The NHL is back. <laughs> Yesterday was opening night. And uh, it's actually <laughs> crazy because uh, by playing a truncated season and by not allowing fans in the games, except for a couple of teams that are, uh, the league is losing $1 billion by playing this season. But, uh, but they said, you know oh, what? Wow. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. It's worth it for us. <laughs> and I would like to thank God because, you know. It's worth it to you. <laughs> it's, it's worth it to me. I'd pay a yeah. billion dollars to watch hockey, I guess. If, if you had it. If I had more than a billion dollars, yeah. yeah. Well, what if you had a billion dollars? <laughs> Probably. Okay. All right. Um, Sam, Ruth, whoever wants to go first. Uh, what's, what's God been up to with you? Well, ours is the same. So. Okay, uh, we both have the same one, so I'll just go and sum it up for us. But um, we're we're still amazed by the sunrise. Like we try to get up in time to to see it. And um, a couple of days ago, we experienced it. Probably it, it just felt 
different and new and like we'd never seen it before. And it's just kind of how it just searches almost like pops its eye, like you pop your eye open. It just kind of popped over the horizon. And we were just like, almost like little kids, weren't we? We were like, oh my gosh, look at that. It's wonderful. And then the next day it was cloudy. And then it was just still that sense of, but it's still there. Like it's guaranteed we can count on it. And then this morning we got up and it wasn't as, um, it wasn't as clear to clear in terms of being able to see it fully, but we knew it was still there and it was about to come up, up over the clouds. And we're like, how amazing that, you know, the sun does its job. And, and, and even in that we, you know, just the awe and wonder of all creation obeys and, um, and just, just does exactly what um, it is designed to do. So yeah, Amen. we're still, we're still surprised by that. Yeah. Amen. So we share that moment. Yeah. That's uh, one good thing about the shorter days during the winter is it, it's a lot easier to see the sunrise and sunset. You don't have to wake right? up that early. <laughs> In the summer, you, you have to wake up pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that being said, <laughs> uh, we do want to go ahead and start wrapping up. Um, I want to remind again, all of our listeners, uh, we will be switching hosting sites. So just make sure you're still subscribed in the coming weeks after this. Uh, if you don't see notification on Tuesday, just, just check and make sure. Do us a favor. Go to every single podcast platform that exists and make sure you're subscribed on all of them. Um, yeah, d- just just be sure that you're there. Um, and, and before we go, Ruth, Sam, where can they find your show, every, your churches, everything about you? Uh, where can they keep keep up with you guys? Uh, they can find the podcast on um, Facebook, Pastors of a Dying Church, um, Spotify. Um, well, Spotify is not updated. So the up, the most updated re- um, episodes are going to be on Facebook. So just go over there and like it and it will notify you every time that we post. All of our episodes are there. Uh, but if you want to get back to the older episodes, you can do like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those. Um, and then our churches, um, her... Um, my, excuse me, uh, our church is LancasterCogop.org. You can find us there on the web or uh, Blythewood is BlythewoodCogop.com. And right. there you go. Awesome. So, so everybody uh, go over there and check them out. Yeah. And of course, we wanted to cover some future guests for the podcast. Uh, soon we will have Pastor C.T. Kirk uh, for his second episode. Yeah, uh, Paul Calcote. I hope I'm saying that right. I hope he corrects me if I'm not. Of the uh, <laughs> Real People Real Talk podcast, and uh, Reverend Kino Kennedy and Sister Sylvia Staten. You guys know Sylvia, and uh, they'll be here for our Black History Month episode. Yeah, and uh, naturally at the end of this season, the endless season, uh, yes. we will have Francis Chan, who is just completely unaware of it. Mm-hmm. But that that's not a problem. It's nothing that we can't conquer that he doesn't know he'll be on the show. Yeah. The sooner he confirms or denies he'll be on the show, the sooner we can move on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just waiting for him to accidentally stumble into this office and sit down and be the guy. Hey, I was on the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for your time. Uh, we love to have you guys. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you know, in your car from home, wherever you're doing it. And uh, come back next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then... Uh, we do one more thing just for our patron listeners. Right. Uh, so if you want to hear that, go over to Patreon, send us a dollar or two or three, and, uh, you know, you'll get to hear it. It's a good time. So I highly suggest it.